0: My name's Jonah Van Driesem, and you're listening to Microlink. Today on the podcast, we have my interview with the founder of the Burnaby Beacon, Sir Shirdi Gandiv. So let's dive right in. What was the thing that first got you interested in journalism?
1: Um, I honestly have wanted to be a journalist since, like that was the first actual career goal I had past you know being a kid and wanting to be like a ballerina or whatever but I was at that age where people still had their kind of lofty visions of being an actor or whatever but I knew that I wanted to be a journalist um and I think what got me into it I really vividly remember kind of watching the reporting out of the Arab Spring in 2010 2009 whenever that was so that really really cemented my you know, vision of being a journalist.
0: Did you want to do more big kind of stories like the Arab Spring when you first got into journalism, started researching, or was it, did you see kind of that immediate pull right away to what you're doing now?
1: I think at age 14, I was, I was expecting that I was going to be like reporting from war zones and all of that stuff. And you know what, I don't, keep me out of the war zones. <laughs> I'm fine right now, not, um, not being in that situation. Um, not that and of course that isn't really necessary important journalism, but um, you know, I do see a lot of value in what the rest of us are doing too. Um, and there's a lot less, I guess, intrigue in it, but that maybe means that people aren't as drawn to staying in the local journalism that you know, it's, it's really important as well.
0: So you recently, or I guess, are in the process of starting and promoting growing the Burnaby Beacon. What was what was the thing that made you decide that you wanted to start uh, the Burnaby Beacon?
1: So um, I don't know if you know, but I just recently left my position at Global and CKNW. Mm-hmm. So I was a radio reporter there. I was doing lots of obviously radio, lots of short web stories, but um, You know, in that same 14 year old phase of my life, I was always picturing myself writing like really long, long form pieces that actually, you know, you have the space, you have the time, you have the character limit to really get into what a story actually means. And it's tough to get that kind of context in a, in a really short web story or a 30 second voicer, you just, it's not really an option, honestly. Um, And I think when you look at the kind of daily news landscape that we have, that's the biggest flaw that I see with it is that we're always expecting our audiences to have enough of a grasp of the situation that we don't need to get into all of that. And not only that I mean we don't even have the time as journalists to do the research to get into it, so it really stunts our own understanding of the story. um and then that translates into the journalism that we produce, so I wanted something where I could contextualize absolutely everything that I do. Um, And that's basically my main motivation.
0: That is very interesting to me so kind of in contextualizing. Everything you do, is it more just you want to have it as long form or is it uh, a variety of things right so it's not just say oh i'm just going to do an interview or i'm just not going to just do a short piece it's it's a, it's a, a broader scope kind of pieces you're trying to create.
1: Yeah, so we've got kind of two products at the moment that we're working on. One is the daily newsletter that's going to come out. And that will be more of the, you know, the shorter pieces, because not everyone has time to read the 5,000 word story every day. But that's still going to be really focused on Burnaby. And I mean, you go to school in Burnaby, you know what the local media is like. There's a lot of focus on the whole province. Burnaby is a really big center. It's a really diverse community. And it's got really great stories of its own, but there just isn't the time and attention that anyone can give those stories. So everything gets kind of pan-British Columbianized, I guess. So in that sense, that's the context that I'm talking about. And even the short stories, we're sure we might just be doing one interview, but we're still dedicating that time to a Burnaby perspective. And then when it comes to the long-form stories, yeah, that's, I've, I mean, I'm, I'm working on one right now, kind of tracking the the variant, like the COVID-19 variants, um, right from the beginning, you know, in, in the UK to, to where we are now. At the moment, let me tell you, I'm heavily wishing that I had not been so ambitious <laughs> because it's really getting away from me here, but I've already done like nine or 10 interviews for that story. Um, so, I think we've given ourselves the freedom to to look at things from both perspectives of short versus long, but always contextualizing things.
0: Obviously you mentioned kind of getting away from that pan provincial. I mean, you see that a lot with the Vancouver Sun and kind of the province, right? Where it's Vancouver based papers that write about everything in the province because that's what the media market is. Um, but with this renewed focus, and obviously you mentioned kind of the COVID variant tracking, um, But has there been any stories that you've been able or your team has been able to look at or focus on that you think in another media uh, outlet or in another media environment, you would have not been able to look at?
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, even take that story, which maybe isn't, you know, a well, firstly, it is Burnaby focused because we're using Burnaby based research, which is really cool um, to think of it like that. Um, But even with a story where you don't have to necessarily think about this affects everyone. I would never be able to convince you know, Global to let me have 10,000 words, right? No one's giving me that at Global or anywhere else. Um, so in that sense, we're definitely doing something different. Um, in the other sense, we're, like I said, most media outlets just don't have the resources to send a reporter to every single city council meeting for every single city in the Lower Mainland or in BC. And at Global, they're literally covering the whole province. And sorry, I'm, I'm just mentioning Global because it's my
0: No, absolutely. It makes experience. sense.
1: I'm not, you know, talking smack about them. Um, but the, the, it, there's just not the same resource allocation. So it might just be Dustin and I at Burnaby Beacon, but we know that this is an important thing for us to do because we're covering Burnaby. So we're always going to be at Burnaby City Council.
0: Obviously the media environment has been, I think, one, I think one can say dangerous in two senses. One, it's been abusive and people are very threatening towards journalists right now, but I, it's also dangerous in the sense of it's, it's not a stable industry. It's not something that people um, have been investing money and in, unfortunately, either as consumers or as business people. So for someone who's being ambitious in this industry that is seen as a struggle, what do you see as your ability to meet that dangers, those those dangers, to not only make yourself something that's relevant and entertaining and interesting, but something that has the ability to be financially sound in the long term? Um, well,
1: that's a great question. And obviously we're taking a huge, huge leap. We, I mean. I don't I can't predict the future right I don't I don't actually know how it's going to go we're trying our best here but we're literally building something from the ground up in an industry that sees more people leave it every day than join it Um, but at the same time I think that kind of emboldens us because I've been in the industry for two years and I've seen way, way, way too many rounds of layoffs, both in my company and in other companies. And every single time it's completely devastating. But at the same time, you know, I was weighing my options and I was thinking, well, if I start Burnaby Beacon, it could be dead in three months and I won't have a job. But if I stay here, I could be laid off in three months and I won't have a job. So if, if, your, if your main question or hesitance is job stability, you know, it's just probably not the right <laughs> industry to be in, right, unfortunately. And I hate that that's true. And I'm not condoning the way that our, you know, overlords have treated us. But um, but we, we did ask ourselves that question. And what we came to was there's no such thing as job stability in our lives anyway. So might as well take the risk.
0: Obviously, you're covering Burnaby City Council, those things. But when you're looking for something different and something that is maybe being ignored, what are the signs of that for you? I'm sorry, it's a terrible. I'm not asking that question well. So no,
1: no, I I know what you mean, Um, and it is a really good question. Um, I've talked, I think, more than enough about the context thing, but that really is our main guiding principle here. If we're telling a story that's already being told we're trying to make it better, basically. And that's by adding the context that other people just don't have time for. Um, The other couple of things are, I'll give you some, you know, some buzzwords here. Uh, (laughs) Community journalism really should begin with the community. So, you know, we're, we're not just going through court documents or going through council agendas. If we're telling a story about Burnaby, we're, Telling it from a Burnaby point of view—that's um, the—that's the goal, anyway. Uh, so it's—it's it's really getting talking to the community, which sounds super cliche, but that's that's kind of the guiding principle. And then the other one that I would say is that we're not trying to beat out global. We're not trying to beat out CTV because a, how would we do that? And b, they're doing a great job at what they're doing. You know, they they really really have that market like held down because they're good at it. But, um, so that means I'm not calling Burnaby RCMP on a Friday night, you know, asking about the shooting down the road, because I I know that they've got that. We're not going to be, I think the phrase that we've been using as well, we're not chasing the bouncing ball. So we know that that's there. We know someone threw it. We know this is going to happen. We're looking kind of the, Alan has probably told you this as well. You have to Ah, I forget his phrase, but he, you know he had, he uses the analogy of if you're covering the fire, don't focus on the fire. Move your camera around and look for the person over there who's crying who just watched their house go up in flames. Look for the other perspective of the story or for the story that nobody's covering. So I guess that's what it is.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. My next well, <laughs> irony of this. So my next question is, what do you think is next for the Burnaby Beacon? What are uh, maybe some goals you would like to accomplish, um, some stories you would like to cover, maybe something you would just like to try and maybe explore?
1: We launched on Wednesday, um, like less than a week ago. And I will say that the response has been pretty overwhelming. Um, we weren't expecting to you know, hit five hundred subscribers already. We weren't expecting to hit five hundred Twitter followers, but we've done both of those things. And we've seen that people agree with what we're trying to do. So I would say that's all what are already one goal accomplished. Um, the other things, I mean, we are aching to tell some of these stories about you know, housing in Burnaby. You know, it's such a changing city. When I moved here like eight years ago, I was like probably the youngest person here, (laughs) you know, not to exaggerate, but it was a really like, it was a city full of seniors who, you know, love their parks. They love their apartment buildings. They retire here. They've got detached houses. And like, I'm sitting in Metro Town right now and I'm looking at all these buildings that are not going to be there in a couple of years. Um, With all these new buildings that are coming in, there's younger people coming in um so we want to tell the stories of those changing demographics of the people who maybe can't afford to stay here anymore we want to talk about tmx which is like one of the biggest stories in the country and it's focused right here but in my mind we haven't ever heard that story from burnaby we've heard it from ottawa we've heard it from victoria but never actually from burnaby or not enough maybe Um, and then kind of the stories, uh, I know Dustin is working on a story about hookah lounges in the city who have, um, they feel really unfairly targeted by city bylaw. So stuff like that, where it's like right down from, you know, the little guy who's living in Burnaby, trying to make a living and trying to get by to the biggest story in the country. I think our opportunities are wide open.
0: Yeah. It sounds like a grand adventure that you're starting Before I let you go, um, I just wanted to ask if there was anything that you wanted to touch on that I have missed.
1: Um, I think you know you're you're writing to an audience of probably aspiring journalists as well, and I think what I've learned in the past two years is that there is no like one route to do it um and. As long as you've convinced people that your work is worth doing, it doesn't matter who you're writing for either. I know people probably in the industry are thinking like, you know, why would you leave Global for some no-name local brand? But I think it's more about the work that you yourself are doing. And I would say to remember that you don't need the brand or the byline in the brand, but the brand needs your bylines.
0: That was our episode for this week. Tune in in two weeks to hear our first episode with president of BCIT, Kathy Kinloch, and to hear our first section of the podcast, hosted by our new co-host, Stephanie Bond. I'm Jonah Van Driesen, and this was Microlink.